Welcome to the Every Believer Witness Podcast. This is Evan Finch, and I'm glad you have joined us today. I believe you'll be blessed as Dennis shares what to do when a storm hits, part two. I'm Dennis Nunn. I want to welcome you to another episode of the Every Believer Witness Podcast. We are coming today to the second in a series of podcasts entitled, What to Do When a Storm Hits. And it's taken from Mark 4, where Jesus and the disciples are crossing over the Sea of Galilee and they get caught up in this storm. So just let me remind you, it says, On that day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to them, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd, they took him along with him in the boat, just as he was, and other boats were with him. And there arose a fierce gale of wind, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much the boat was already filling up. Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And last week, I pointed out this whole series will be uh, on four major principles or truths about storms. And last episode, we talked about the fact that everyone goes through storms, that there were many disciples in the boat. And in verse 36, it says, and there were other boats with him. And so rather than, oh me, I'm the only one going through this, storms are common to everyone. And we looked at 10 different reasons for storms. Uh, there may be more, but I've identified these 10. And by the way, if you want an outline uh, that goes along with these podcasts, if you'll just email us at info at eba.w.org, we'll be glad to send that to you uh, at no cost or obligation. And so we went through the storms last week, and we began to talk about the reasons for storms. And I ask you, if you were in a storm, just to evaluate that. Um, and, and we talked about there are all kinds of storms. For a number of years, I pastored a church in Gwinnett County, Georgia, in fact, the town of Snellville, where everyone is someone in Snellville, Georgia. And one of my dear friends came to me, a uh, godly counselor and friend to this day, and he said, Pastor, Wednesday night, I'd like for us to pass out three by five cards and ask people to just anonymously write down their prayer request, and, and then let's pray over these. And I thought it was a good idea, and we did that. And we had a stack, big, thick stack of three to five cards, and I've just gathered some from it. And I want to read to you the prayer request that people had this Wednesday night. Believers, dedicated believers on Wednesday night in church. And here's what, here, here they are. Pray for Eddie, who will get relief for, from pain in his face. Pray for strength to make decisions regarding my marriage. I have a pornography addiction, and I have a fear of losing my parents. I need a job. Pray for my wife not to be depressed. Please pray for my cousin, Bobby Lee. She was born deaf. Pray for my brother-in-law. He has brain cancer and four months to live. Pray for me. I have shingles. This one says, pray for my child with learning disabilities. Pray for my brother with salvation and alcoholism. Pray for difficulties in my marriage. Help me at work. 
Also, I have a nephew in critical condition from a car wreck. Can't move his body below his neck. Pray for salvation of my son-in-law. I have the secret fear of my husband not making it through his cancer. Pray that God will restore my marriage. I need to find a job. A loved one of mine is struggling. She's tired, discouraged, hurt. Pray that God will heal the wound in my heart. And this one's obviously from a, from a young child. It says, pray that my friend Sarah gets saved one day. Pray for full restoration in our marriage. Pray for Julia. She must have a blood cancer test tomorrow morning. And I wonder if we filled out three by five cards today. What would you write on your card? Are you in a financial storm today? Are you in a family or relationship storm? Are you in a health storm or a school storm or a job storm or some other kind of storm? And, and sometimes we tend not to realize how serious storms are to other people. In other words, I may have a storm that's really, really big to me, but somebody else's storm doesn't seem any big. But reality is this, whatever storm you're in, whatever storm I'm in, at that moment seems to be a real storm. Uh, I remember when my uh, middle granddaughter, Lila, had one of her first boyfriends, maybe her first boyfriend. And oh, I don't remember, she was 11, 12, 13, and I don't remember all the details, but I remember that he broke up with her. And she was squalling her eyes out. She was brokenhearted. Somebody says, oh, that's just puppy love. It is puppy love. But you know something? Puppy love is very real to the puppy. So whatever storm you're in today, or whatever storm I'm in today, that's a very real storm. Now, remember the principle we're talking about is everyone goes through storms. Let me share with you how I personally came to understand this. Um, you've heard, I, I didn't come to faith in Christ till I was 31 years old. And I had three children. They were 10, 8, and 6. And I was a terrible father before that. Uh, loved my children, but I was selfish and self-centered and just wicked. Um, and when God saved me, he changed my life. But I came to know Christ in a very legalistic rules or an environment. And, and for many years, that's all I knew. I didn't know much about grace or about... Uh, about unconditional love. And I was I became very hard on my kids. It went from uh, with dad, everything goes, to with dad, nothing goes. And all my children very naturally became rebellious because rules without relationship is a recipe for rebellion. And uh, all of them went through rebellion. Our youngest daughter, Becky, was, was the most uh, rebellious. She'd quit school. She'd run away from home. And uh, we finally found out she was just... Uh, heavily involved in, in drugs. And I was I'm ashamed to say, but I was just ready to wash my hands and give up. But my sweet wife, Jane, with that mama bear love, she wasn't going to give up. And we ended up finding a drug rehab center outside Marietta, Georgia, where we literally kidnapped our daughter, handcuffs, former deputy sheriff, off-duty police officer, and took her to Georgia and put her in this long-term drug rehab center. I remember driving down. Uh, uh, down, I was driving. My wife's in the front passenger seat. The, the two uh, officers are beside her in the back seat. And, uh, you know, she'd been screaming and cussing and just very angry. We're crying. 
we checked her into that rehab center and then we left. And I remember driving back from Georgia to North Carolina. Our hearts were breaking. It was the worst day of our lives. Um, and I was at that time not pastoring anymore, but I was speaking and preaching and teaching and teaching would walk through the Bible and, and doing revivals, evangelistic uh, messages. And we were so burdened for our daughter that we overcame our embarrassment. And it was hard for my wife. I'm more of an open person, naturally, sometimes too open. Now, my wife is more reserved. And it's painful to share when you have a child going through this. But our burden for her was so great because she was going to be able to check herself out when she turned 18. And so everywhere we'd go, we'd just begin to share. And I would tell the story, and I would ask folks to pray for my daughter. I'd say, pray, pray two things. Pray that she won't be able to run away because we know she'll try and pray that God will turn her heart before she's 18 and can check herself out. And by the way, she tried to run away twice, didn't get away. And eight days before she turned 18, she knelt in the kitchen of a, of a host home and surrendered her life to Jesus Christ. She had been in a storm because she had really trusted Jesus at six years old, but she just turned away and not lived for him. And she experienced a lot of chastening, but she she did. And I share that, this for his glory. But here's what I want, to, want you to understand. So I began to go out to churches, large and small. And everywhere I went, no matter what I was speaking on, I would say, before I speak, I want to ask you to write down this name, Becky Nunn. And I would ask him to pray about those two things. And when we began to be open about what was happening, the pain that was going on, uh, the trouble that we had, everywhere I went, people would begin to come up and share about storms they were in. And you know what I discovered? I discovered everyone has got some kind of storm in their family somewhere. They've got an alcoholic They've got a, a drug addiction. They've got a, a broken relationship. They've got a health storm. I'm telling you, everyone we know, some will be more open about it. Some won't, but everyone we know is going through a storm. And so when a storm hits, uh, don't, don't feel like you're the Lone Ranger. I, I, I'm in this alone. Everyone goes through storms. And I, I want you to notice in this passage too, friends, that sometimes storms come when we are in the very center of God's will. Here they are, the disciples on the Sea of Galilee. They're thinking we're sinking, we're going down. How did they get into this storm? You remember how it started? On that day when evening came, he, Jesus, said to them, let us go over to the other side. They were just following Jesus. They hadn't committed any sin. They hadn't done anything wrong. They were just following him. And they were caught up in this terrible storm. And so I would encourage you today. Um, you know, it, it's not appropriate to share gory, um, real particular details many times of the storms that we're in or the storm someone else faces, but especially among believers. If there's anywhere we ought to feel safe to share and let people know we're going through a storm in order to be at our local church. Uh, I can tell you from living my life many years before Jesus that sadly 
there's often more concern in a bar than there is a local church. You know, somebody folks don't know Jesus and the guy goes into a bar to get a drink. How you doing? Ah, oh, me and the old lady had a knockdown drag out. Well, good gracious, come over here and have a drink. And in the local church, people are going through storms or to be surrounded with the love of Jesus. We're sorry, we hurt for you, and we're gonna pray for you. But I specifically want to encourage you. If you're in a storm today, remember everyone goes through storms. Don't feel like you gotta keep in and go through this all by yourself. You have brothers and sisters in Christ there in your local church who God can use to help you make it through this storm because everyone goes through storms. Don't miss next week when we get to talk about one of the most powerful principles of going through storms. God bless you. If these podcasts are a blessing and encouragement to you, would you pray about becoming a monthly partner with Every Believer a Witness? We want to increase the number of podcasts we do, as well as reach more and more believers. You can make your tax-deductible gift on our website. Thank you.